Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Be Prepared podcast. My name is Maddie Hoffman, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Girl Scouts is, as it's always been, the organization best positioned to offer girls the tools they need to be successful leaders now and throughout their lives. We build girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place with the hope that they will take the wonderful skills that they learned and shine as leaders in their community. This month's show is all about building future leaders, and I'm so excited to be chatting with three wonderful ladies doing amazing things to promote leadership among girls. Would each of you be willing to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your work? Well, hello there. I'm Christy Hoffman, and I'm a television host and producer for a show called Business Life 360, as well as a podcaster. And I am very excited uh, about being here. I've been involved with Girl Scouts for probably 30 years or more and have been a board chair as well as a community volunteer and starting up leadership circle. So it's been a real honor for me to be a part of the organization and work with girls to empower them. Thank you so much. And Christine, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, hello everyone. My name is Christine Rasmussen. I have been involved with Girl Scouts for over 20 years. I got started as a Girl Scout leader when my daughter was just a daisy and both of my daughters have since graduated, but I currently continue to work with Girl Scouts to help empower them to pursue STEM opportunities through robotics mostly. So I am the president of Loveland Robotics Boosters and over the past eight years we have done multitudes of programs for girls to earn robotics badges and kind of spark that interest in STEM. Well, that's awesome. And Amy, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Amy Sproles. I'm the CEO of the Girl Scouts of Western Ohio. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for giving us a little glimpse into the work that you do for our girls. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into our first question. Whether you have been a Girl Scout since you were a girl or if you started later in life, um, tell me your first memory of Girl Scouts. Amy. Yeah. So my first memory of Girl Scouts was my um, good friend in elementary school. Her name was Stacy and her mom was our Girl Scout troop leader. So uh, my first memories are being in Mrs. Hartman's living room. And I can remember sitting in our brownie circle, trying to memorize the promise in law. And I felt like I would never get it right. <laughs> um, so I, that's my first memory. And then afterwards, we of course had a snack or, um, and we were making crisp, Christmas ornaments. That's the other thing I remember from my first, that's my first troop meeting memory that I have is Mrs. Hartman's living room. So. Oh my gosh. I love that. I wish we could send this to Mrs. Hartman. I'm sure she would love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, And Christine, what is your first memory of Girl Scouts? My first memory of Girl Scouts is um, my daughter's first Daisy meeting when I was a new leader. I had no previous experience with Girl Scouts. I didn't have Girl Scouts in my rural area where I grew up and sitting there with 10 um, smiling little first graders that were super (laughs) excited to be there um, and kind of feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but very excited. Um, And I think the hit of the meeting was, of course, the snack, but (laughs) um, they're seeing their excitement and just um, joy to um, embrace the opportunity and make new friends and all the things that would come. I love that. The snacks are always the hit. Always. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. And Christy, what is your first memory of Girl Scouts? Well, like Christine, we did not have Girl Scouts where I grew up. So I was not a Girl Scout at a young age. When I got to college, however, there was a volunteer opportunity. There was a Girl Scouts art fair going on near my campus. And I decided I would go check it out. 
while I was there, I saw these incredibly confident, courageous young women displaying their art that they created and explaining what they had done and how they'd created it. And I thought to myself, I need more of these confident girls. I want to work with them some more and I'd like to see what they have to offer. So I got involved with the Girl Scouts organization. Well, that's amazing. Christy, why do you feel Girl Scouts is the premier leadership organization for girls? So many reasons. I think really the first thing I can think of is it promotes such involvement at a young age with a group, with a team. It builds camaraderie. It builds that opportunity to develop confidence, to develop interpersonal skills and socialization. I love the most that it promotes self-discovery and the ability to identify what girls love and really exposes them to so many opportunities. Absolutely. I think self-discovery is so important right now with, you know, social media and everything that we have going on. So I love that you said that. Um, I'll have Amy go next. Yeah. You know, I think for me, I couldn't, I have to echo everything Christy said, but I think the other thing I think about is providing that safe and inclusive space for girls to try things and sometimes love them, sometimes be really good at them, sometimes not be great at first, but want to get better, right? And having really the camaraderie and the peers who are cheering you on and helping you achieve more than you did the first time, right? And so just having that safe place to fail and not be, you know, too self-conscious of that, but have the opportunity to just really try and try again. Yeah, that's important to me about Girl Scouts. 100%. And I think being a staff member, I love seeing that with girls, like maybe they're not good at something, but, you know, they have the safe safe space with their friends or, you know, with a small group of girls that come together. That's always my favorite part that I get to watch them take safe risks. Yeah. And Christine, um, what do you think or why do you think Girl Scouts is the premier leadership organization for girls? What kind of adding on to um, what they said, um, because I agree with all of that, is the breadth of opportunities that girls Mm -hmm. can find um, and just finding what fits for them and having the chance to be a leader doing that. Um, Through my experience working with girls over the years, you know, their interests are so varied and what they think they might be interested isn't always what they end up following a path in. And so finding a place and a safe way to do it and be able to pursue that. Um, building confidence, you know, building those leadership skills to work with your peers or work with a larger group outside of that. I think Girl Scouts offers so many opportunities for girls to do that. I agree. And sometimes I'm jealous. I see the awesome stuff that we have, like in the program events guide, or, you know, we have our partners that put stuff in. I'm like, dang, I wish I was a Girl Scout right now. I get to do all this fun (laughs) stuff. (laughs) So our next question is, uh, what inspired you to become a leader? And I'm going to start with Christine. Uh, I think actually what I would say what inspired me to be a leader is my children. And kind of that's how I got involved in a lot of the different activities I have been involved with over the years. But seeing their passion and interest and how having an adult that cares about that and helps promote that really helps them um, excel and grow and develop all of these skills. And then, you know, expanded from my own children to working with the groups, whether it was Girl Scout troops or robotics teams and seeing the growth in kids of kids that um, develop the confidence from, you know, can barely speak two words to a stranger to, you know, 
present in front of a large room full of adults they've never met and are very confident in their abilities and their knowledge and to be able to do that. So kind of just seeing that growth in the kids involved in these programs is what really inspires me to become a leader and to continue doing the work that I do. That's awesome. Amy, what inspired you to be a leader? You know, I think I've always felt like And maybe partially it's how I was raised, but having the opportunity to do your best in the place that you're at and to help things be better than they were when you arrived. So in Girl Scouts, we believe in leaving a place better than you found it. And I think that's just part of my ethos and leadership and what draws me into leading in different spaces and being a part of just using what I've been given my gifts, talents, resources, right. To make the world a better place. Like I live and breathe that. And I think that's what really drives me in my leadership is just how can I help lift others up? How can I be a part of making some space better, right. Um, That I have the opportunity to influence. So yeah, that's what I think of. And that definitely shines through. (laughs) Thank you. And Christy, what inspired you to become a leader? Well, I always tell girls when I'm talking with them that I didn't really know what the word leader meant when I was growing up. And I kind of kept hearing, well, you should be a leader and aren't you a leader? And why don't you be a leader? And I didn't really get it, but I realized that all along and all of my growth moments and the opportunities and the organizations I was getting involved in, I was truly starting to lead. I was taking leadership roles. And I think sometimes as I was stepping out and doing hard things and making hard choices, And any time that there was a decision to be made and it was a difficult one, I was actually leading. As hard as it was, that was a growth moment for me. So I think um, organizationally, as I started volunteering, I became a leader. I also think that through work and my corporate uh, experiences and managerial experiences, I really learned to lead and build teams and build consensus. So that's how it all started for me. I love that. I love that you talked about how you grew into it in the process. That's awesome. Our next question today is, uh, what was the most important risk that you took and why? Amy. You know, risks are something that it's it's interesting. I read this question ahead of time. They did share it with us ahead of time. And I was thinking to myself, we take risks every day, maybe not every day, but we take risks often in life, right? So thinking about like the biggest risk I ever took or the most important risk is hard. I've done things like move for a job. I did that recently here. I've done it before in life a few times, right? Um, Or even just changing jobs is a big risk. But some of the risks we take are small too, and they're in the daily things. And I think that's where we build the muscle around learning to take risks, right? Doing things that we're a little bit uncomfortable with and then seeing on the other side what good came from it or what we learned from it. Um, Even last night, you know, I had the opportunity to be in a room where I didn't know anyone, right? That's a scary thing sometimes to do for me, who's partially introverted, um, to walk into a room where I don't know anyone. And, um, you know, meet people and talk about Girl Scouting. And so, but then coming out the other side and the great, really amazing people I met and the stories I heard and learned about them, like that's an example, right? Of taking that risk and walking into the room and then walking out with these treasures of other people's stories and their passion for the work that we do. So I don't have a specific one, but I think it's really important to know that that's just a muscle that we work on all the time, right? So it's part of developing confidence. Yeah, definitely. 
And I, I, they always say that you learn the most when you step outside of your comfort zone. So I think it's cool that you said, you know, it is a muscle and we have to work on it and you have to take some, some calculated risks, whether they're big or small. So I love that. I'll go to Christy next. What was the most important risk that you took and why? Great question. And as Amy mentioned, I've had a lot of opportunities to take risks and have done so. I'm not afraid to walk through doors that I don't necessarily know what's on the other side. (laughs) And I think that's sort of a character thing for me is just like, I I don't have a lot of fear in that regard. And I just kind of push through. And something that comes to my mind when you ask the question is I was in corporate America. I lived in Boston for quite a few years and decided to make the shift, move to Ohio, back to Ohio and start a television show. Now, if you've not done television and you don't start at a young age, there's a learning curve there. And there's also a fair amount of like, okay, I'm not as good at this as I thought I was going to be. Uh, In fact, quite the opposite. So for me, that was a real exercise in self-esteem, self-confidence, self-awareness, and really just stepping through something that I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out, but it's turned out really well for me. And I'm glad I did that. I love that. I think sometimes the risks that we take, like you don't realize how, you know, you're making a a big jump or a big like change in your life, but it can change everything. And Christine. So like Amy and Christy, I think there's a lot of different risks that, you know, that come to mind when you ask this question and they all kind of um, center around trying something that's brand new to you and maybe you know, others don't necessarily believe you're capable of doing. And I can think of several times that I've done that. One of the biggest ones was taking on running a huge robotics tournament when I had zero experience in it. And um, the biggest thing I learned out of that was to trust the people around you to, you know, do what you have confidence they can do, even if they don't have the confidence in themselves, but empower them to do that. Because, you know, you have to have confidence in yourself to take that step and take that risk and not necessarily knowing what all the things going to be involved in, but trusting the people that are there to help you as well. Yeah, it definitely takes a village. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> Our next question is, how do your goals as a leader align with the Girl Scout mission and vision? Christy. I would say one of the things that stands out the most for me with Girl Scouting and the mission and the vision is really just being able to teach empowerment and using one's voice. And for me, I feel that I have spent a career and a life really making those choices of being strong and true to my own character and true to my own voice. And to me, that is what Girl Scouts and the movement really teaches girls is how to do that. And I find that every day of my life, it's so important for me to speak up for myself, to use my own voice, to not let others tell me how I feel, but to really be able to share that. And uh, that is, is really important for me. Yeah. And thank you for being, um, a voice for girls as well. I think sometimes, um, you know, as everybody knows, girls don't always get the voice or don't always get the chance to voice their opinions in a lot of places. So uh, we appreciate that. Amy, how do your goals as a leader align with the Girl Scout mission and vision? Yeah. So I think for me, I have led in different ways and in different spaces over my career, um, even in college. And somebody asked me this question a while back, not necessarily directly tied to the Girl Scout mission and vision, but it was my answer. And so I thought it was really interesting that you're asking this question because I look back over my life and find in so many different spaces and places, what I'm driven by, what I'm passionate about is really helping people discover who they were 
created uniquely to be, what space they are uniquely created to fill in this world and the impact that they can make to make the world a better place, right? Like what is the purpose and design that they have with their unique perspective on the world? And so um, when I think about the work that we do in Girl Scouting, that's what we're doing for girls every day. Um, And it's just such a passion of mine, really helping people recognize their unique value, their unique gifts, and that they have a place in the world that has an impact to be made, right? And we we aren't the same without them. Um, fulfilling that. And so that's what I'm really passionate about that aligns to the work we do here every day. And I think too, it's so easy for us to forget our unique talents or abilities. Mm -hmm. If we, you know, do the same thing every day, or, you know, we go and do our jobs, but I love that Girl Scouts is a place where we can pull people's unique abilities and show them to young girls who might be looking for theirs. So, and Christine. So I think one of my main focus as a leader is to really empower um, girls to have the courage and confidence in themselves to try new things and do new things. I think, you know, just recent world events with COVID and so everything got so much more kind of turned inward and introverted that, you know, I see it in the kids I work in of, you know, that taking that big step and trying something new and, you know, that you don't have any experience in that you've never done before of just building that confidence within them and helping them feel empowered. And, you know, that if you fail, it's okay, because you can try again, it's a safe place to do it. And, you know, to see the future vision of this is what I can be and can accomplish um, by just taking a chance and just having that confidence. And that is so important. Our next question today is in Girl Scouts, we know that fail means first attempt in learning. Tell us about a time an opportunity or situation didn't go as planned and how it shaped you as a leader. Christine this time. So uh, I mentioned earlier that I work with robotics groups that do a lot of programming for Girl Scouts to earn badges. And there was one time when someone asked us to come and help do an event and we had some miscommunication and what the event was going to be at the start of it and kind of showed up with not a lot of supplies and they had no supplies. And so it was, like I mentioned earlier, trusting the people that work with you. I had some high school kids that I'm like, all right you guys know what we need to do, come up with something on the spot with minimal supplies to do it and something that's going to still get our point across and teach these daisies and brownies, the things about robots that they need to know. You know, it was kind of a little bit of a fail on my part of just not communicating clearly, (laughs) but having confidence and faith in the people that, you know, work with you and their skills and abilities really turned it into a success. Yeah. And it can be so hard to trust other people to do things or to, you know, you're afraid, you know, what if, what if it doesn't work or things don't get done, but, you know, just having the faith in people and giving them the chance is definitely super important. I think when it comes to leadership. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Christy, this time, what is an opportunity or situation that didn't go well for you and how did it shape you as a leader? Well, I love what you just said about the what if thinking. And I think that has been a little bit of a theme, at least in my earlier years of like, what if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? And sort of worrying about that. And that really came to light when I started to write my book. I wrote a book for girls 11 to 17. And while writing that book, I was three years in to writing a book, mind you. And I got to the end of the third year and my husband said to me, you ready to publish this thing yet? And I said- (laughs) And he said, why not? I said, I don't like it. I just don't like it. I'm not happy. And it's such a vulnerable feeling to write a book and release it. 
especially if you're not loving it. So mm-hmm. I said, he said, what is it going to take for you to love it? And I said, girls, I need more girls to read it. So I copied the manuscript, like 50 to 70 copies of the manuscript, gave it to girls. And I gave them a Sharpie. And I said, okay, please do me a favor and help me, you know, give me some input on what this thing needs, what is missing. And they started to tell me their input and some things that I didn't understand. And they, you know, they weren't clear on. And by the time they were done, they gave it back to me. And it was like, yes, this is exactly what it needed. It needed more research. It needed more input. It just needed the other side of things that I wasn't necessarily incorporating. And rather than it being a fail at that point, then it became just a success and turned into a a bestseller. That's amazing. And I think it's awesome that you pulled in girls. Like you thought to yourself, you know, I, I can't figure this out, but I know who can. The people who I would like to read this book. So that's perfect. And Amy. I had a conversation last night with some women who talked about the struggle with imposter syndrome that so many people have. And so I'm I'm just going to go with that right now because um, I think, you know, girls look at the three of us and are like, probably wondering, you know, how did they get there? And it must have all been great and easy to get to this place that we're at or whatever. And I reflect back on times in my life when I just felt like I didn't have what it took, right, to fill in the blank. I didn't have what it took to make it through a tryout or to make a regional band when I was in high school or whatever, right? And so I can remember um, times when I would pull out of a competition or race or election or whatever that I thought I wanted to go for because I decided I didn't have what it took rather than pushing through to the other side, right? And maybe getting it, maybe not, but having the full experience. And so um, I worked with a mentor um, to kind of overcome that fear, I guess it was, or lack of confidence and just pushing forward. And um, as I've, you know, become a little bit older and a little bit wiser and been through a few more things, recognizing that a lot of people who step into spaces don't necessarily have everything they need to do that. Right. And so part of just pushing through and trying new things and discovering how and where you can lead or make an impact is stepping into spaces when you don't know you have everything you need, just like at the tournament, right? You got to the tournament and we're like, wait a minute, we don't even have, what can we do with, with what we do have? Um, that's such an important thing to learn from and not necessarily be scared of. Now you should always be prepared, right? Preparation's important, <laughs> but also be agile and also, you know, take some risks and learn in the process. So I think that's what I learned through a series of events, not just one specific one, but a thing I look back on and reflect on kind of that seed of imposter syndrome when I was young and how I've kind of learned to overcome it. So. Yeah, I love that. And I heard some good advice before they say, um, you know, somebody that experiences imposter syndrome is already good enough. So every time I think about that, or I I feel imposter syndrome, I think to myself, if I'm feeling it, I'm probably already good enough. So um, try to keep that in there. And I love the theme of everybody just trusting your people and giving that trust when, you know, you think things might not work out. Our next question is, how have you helped build future leaders in your community? And I'm going to shoot it right back over to Amy. 
Yeah. So for me, a lot of it is about just mentoring the person in front of me and kind of seeing the opportunity to learn from and share learning with each person that I run into day in and day out is a big part of how I do that. Because I'm obviously in a position, right, in theory to make a big impact in that way. But I don't try to just assume that because of my position, I'm making an impact. I really try to take the opportunity to be present and to mentor, even if it's in short snippets and doses, because um, sometimes that's all the time that you have, but also to kind of think through what can I, what opportunity do I have to learn from the lived experience of whoever I'm interacting with? So um, even conversations like this today, I just, I take away nuggets every single time, um, but I try to leave a few as well. So, yeah. Well, thank you. We appreciate you being willing to share your nuggets with us today. <laughs> yeah. I will go ahead and send it over to Christine. Yeah, I would kind of agree with Amy around the um, mentoring. And for me, it's mentoring both the youth that I work with, high school down to even young like kindergarten, first graders, but also the adults that work with them. Um, I'm very much part of very volunteer-driven organizations in the things that I do for the community. And um, the people that are willing to step up and take on those roles of leadership of small groups often, like you mentioned, have the imposter syndrome or the, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know I'm the right person for this, but trying to be a mentor and provide, you know, just a place for them to go with questions they have. And often they already really knew the answer and really knew what to do, but just kind of need that reassurance and a little bit of guidance to be like, yes, you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. Because those adults then in turn empower the kids to keep um, you know, growing and learning as well. And a key part of that for me is really listening to what they're saying. I mean, so many times we listen with the intent to reply versus the intent to hear. So kind of, you know, making sure that I take a step back and really are listening to what problems they have or issues they have and are helping them address those. Yeah. And sometimes that's all they need is somebody to listen and be a sounding board and give them those, you know, opportunities to just bounce things around and, and find what works for them. And Christy, how have you helped build future leaders in your community? I can't help but think as we're having this conversation, how life just continues each of these experiences that we have to just build upon each other. And really one of the things that I go back to is that Girl Scout art fair I talked about back in college when I was 18. That led to the book I wrote. The book then led to these girl leadership summits that I have been involved in. And this is 600 to 700 people coming each year to an event that is girls speaking talking about what's on their mind, talking about the issues affecting them and impacting their worlds in, in this very difficult time. And so whether it's anxiety or depression or bullying or social media cyberbullying, being able to bring those topics to light and allow girls through my summits to be able to share and uh, lead through using their stories and their voices for change has been really important. Definitely. And again, thank you for being somebody who will amplify their voices and talk about the hard stuff. Cause I think sometimes we have to, we have to bring it up and make sure that our girls know and that they have their voices and they're talking about them and getting the information they need. So we appreciate that. So our next question is um, what are some tips for troop volunteers for building future leaders in their communities? And I'll start with Christine this time. Some tips I would um, offer troop volunteers, um, a couple kind of big focuses is one is try the new thing. 
I know over the years and working with Girl Scout leaders or so many of them are like, I'm not an outside person. I'm not a camper. I'm not going to, you know, somebody else is going to have to take the girls camping or something like that. But, you know, try it, do it. You know, it's like have focus on having fun and obviously in a safe way, but give the kids the opportunity to try those new things themselves by being willing to take on that um, challenge yourself, you know, kind of step outside the box and help them find what they want to do. You know, the worst thing I hear is somebody's like, well, I didn't stay with my Girl Scout troop or my um, you know, whatever activity because I didn't like what they were doing, but because I didn't have that opportunity. And, you know, another one is just have confidence that what you're doing is, you know, the right thing for the kids and that let them provide you with the directions to go, um, you know, kind of seek out what are their interests. And that can be hard when they're really young, but, you know, look for things that, you know, they gravitate towards and are interested in learning more about. I love that. And uh, we'll go to Christy next. Well, I love what Christine said for sure. And I think too, just being the example for them through what we do, not necessarily what we say, but really just being a living, walking example by our actions. And oftentimes that means just maybe being quiet and listening and nodding and hearing what they have to say. And so many times we as adults, I'm guilty of this as a parent as well, it's just, I really wanna tell kids what they need to do as opposed to let them figure it out and really listen to what their needs are and meeting them where they are and letting them kind of work through things. So I think that's part of it for me is really that that listening and that empathetic understanding. And then also letting them take that risk and try something that they haven't tried before. And if they fail, being there to support them and teaching them that failing isn't really failing at all. It's a great lesson and it's a growth moment. That's perfect. And Amy, what are some tips that you have for our troop volunteers? Yeah, I, I think I want to amplify some of what Christine and Christy have shared and and just kind of walking through a growth mindset, right? And helping girls develop a growth mindset. Um, that's really an important part of leading every day of life, right? Is being willing to learn from others, to learn along the way, to learn from failure. And I love uh, Christine, what Christine said about, you know, even if you've never done it before and the girls want to, and even if the girls don't want to, if there's a girl who does, helping girls learn to enjoy exploring experiences that others are interested in, because you never know what it's going to spark for you, right? Um, and coaching one another and then being that safe space. So um, it doesn't have to turn out perfectly, right? It doesn't have to be a perfect event. Um, the weather doesn't have to be perfect for camping. Some of the best memories come from those bonding experiences that girls have together. And when volunteers and adults that are in that space with them are willing to have those same kind of uncertain experiences, I think there's an awful lot that comes from that. So, and I think the other thing is just giving girls space, right? They don't, they don't typically have a lot of space to be, to use their voice, to um, really kind of explore and discover new and different things. And so the more we can really let the girls lead and share and listen to them, they're going to lead the way, right? So the more we get comfortable with that um, and just give them the space to do it, there doesn't have to be kind of a magic outcome every single time, right? Um, it's as much about those relationships and experiences together as anything. So Definitely. And I love what you said about perfection, because I think sometimes we're waiting for perfection, but it definitely can hold us back. Yeah. Our next question for today is, as a leader yourself, what are important qualities or skills to develop to thrive in leadership? And I will start with Christy this time. 
Uh, boy, I think resilience is huge in being a leader for sure. And really understanding and knowing your strengths is important, but also your weaknesses and being able to step forward and put forth your best effort and always staying true to your authentic self. And part of that comes from self-knowledge and self-confidence, self-awareness, all the selves I like to say are really important as well. Uh, but I think for me, it has always been being true to what makes my heart soar. What makes my soul sing? What is it that I can impart upon others, my gifts uh, to help others really fulfill their purposeful life as well? So for me, that's really important as a leader. I love that. And I think we do our best work when we are our truest selves and give that out to the community. Next, we'll go to Christine. Well, I would agree with what Christy said, kind of the selves and the, you know all those things are really important. But uh, one of the things I really try to focus on is and sticking to your true character and doing the things that you know are right. Sometimes it's, you know, there's easier paths to take, but doing the right thing for the people involved is one of the really important things that I focus on as a leader of, you know, we, we know what should happen. We always know what the right path is, you know, in our hearts and kind of really being the leader that guides people to, you know, find that in themselves to choose that path you know, versus maybe taking the easy way out. I think it's one of the very important things to me. Yep. And the right path is not always the easiest. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> and Amy, what are some important qualities or skills to develop to thrive in leadership? Yeah, we've touched on a lot of them today, right? So growth mindset and agility and being comfortable with imperfection, right? And I think one I've heard us talk about that I think is really important that both Christy and Christine have also hit on is that drawing the best out of others and recognizing that we all need each other, right? Um, or none of us are going to make it through life entirely on our own skills and abilities and what we bring to the table. And really, we're better when we are after it together and everybody is able to contribute in their own way, right? And through their own strengths and, and abilities that they have to offer, whatever that may be. And so really, um, I think I heard somebody say, as we were kind of getting started, the whole, it takes a village. It absolutely takes a village. And the earlier that we kind of recognize that and learn how to identify the spark in others and pull them in, um, I think the stronger our communities are um, from our leadership. So, yeah. And who better to lean on than our fellow Girl Scouts? <laughs> Truly. Right. <laughs> our next question is, uh, do you have a book that you would recommend to somebody looking to learn more about leadership? Truthfully, I did not know that Christy wrote a book. So please, I would love to hear more about that. <laughs> oh, you teed that up so nicely. <laughs> okay, so my book is called Total Package Girl, Discover the Ultimate You for Life. And I do recommend that for girls 11 to 17 as it ties to becoming leaders because it does teach them about some of the selves I, I already previously talked about, but it also really builds sort of this master plan in our body, our brain, our spirit. And how do we really find that total uh, package of ourselves that really is giving our gift. I think Amy, you mentioned that earlier too, is really finding what it is that we can offer uh, to the world 
and to others and to help them. So Total Package Girl is the, is the book that I would recommend. <laughs> I love that. Even though it's for 11 to 17 year olds, I might have to add it to my list and give it a, give it a read. <laughs> Thank you. And then I will jump to Amy. Yeah. You know, I think I would recommend based on the theme today, I would say Strengths Finder. I think it's a great piece that helps you both kind of identify kind of what you bring uniquely into a space and what others also are bringing. Um, and so it really helps kind of learn how to read others and how to draw those strengths out of them, but also kind of really go through and, you know, there's lots of different books on your personality or communication style or all those different things, but I just really like the way Strengths Finder goes about it. So that's one I would recommend. Awesome. And Christine. Yeah, the book I would recommend is called Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. Um, And this one kind of focuses on, you know, being a leader, asking questions of yourself, but also asking questions of the people that, you know, you are there to lead and kind of, you know, getting their input, but finding out what matters to them. It talks through a lot of different tough situations the author has been presented with and kind of ways to work through them and just kind of really has a broad view of, you know, ways to be a good listener, be a good learner and use that to be a better leader. Well, these all sound amazing. I'm going to have to add them to my list to read. (laughs) I'm excited. And we've come to our last question for the day. What is a piece of advice or what is your best advice for any future leaders that might be listening to the podcast today? And I will start with Amy. I think always be learning and listening. Um, That's something that I try to, there's always new things coming from the world, coming from our experiences. And so like I listen to a lot of podcasts. I happen to be on the road a lot right now. And so just trying to really press in and make sure that I'm using my time well, but always learning and listening because I think it helps me stay relevant, stay connected um, and understand better what's going on in the world today. So that would be mine. And Christine, what would be your advice? Um, I think my biggest advice would be to take the chance. You know, if you're presented with a new situation and you're, you know, questioning if you have the skills or to do it, to take a chance, step outside of your comfort zone, look at failures as an opportunity to learn and do better next time. And always keep kind of expanding your bubble and, you know, your knowledge, um, your ability to help others and what they're trying to accomplish and just take that chance. (laughs) I love that. And Christy, what is your advice? Be authentically you is my biggest advice. Don't be afraid to do what it is that makes your heart dance, that makes your soul sing, whatever that may be. And if there's some uncharted waters that you haven't been in, but you're really, really interested in them, go for it. Wow. So much great advice. I love this. I feel grateful that I get to talk to you ladies today and get to take all this great leadership advice from you. So that is the end of all of our questions today. Um, We did just want to take a second to thank you all for being here and for taking the time to chat with us. We really appreciate you. If you have any questions for our um, guests today, you can go ahead and email our podcast email and we can shoot those out. Um, And we want to take a second to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. Just remember that with the help of supportive adults and troop leaders like you, girls try new things, share their full selves, and see how good it feels to lead from the heart. If you like today's or any of our podcast episodes, please give us a rating and a review and be sure to check out any of the podcast episodes that you may have missed. 